welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going? Uh, it's uh, crazy over here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say the gas prices are insane, but my last Uber driver was an Amish guy driving a horse and buggy. Okay. <laughs> uh, how's everything going though? Everything good? That's uh, good. Um, you know, it's the weather has decided to go batshit crazy. It was 70 degrees, and then it was 20 in snow for two days, and now we're getting 30 mile an hour winds, and it's going to be back up to 70 by the end of the week. So, fun times. Okay. Interesting. Um, cool. Aside from that, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I tried out a new game that a friend of mine recommended to me called Phoenix Point. Have you heard of it? No. No. It is uh, very similar to XCOM. It uh, Actually, the guy that uh, made the game, it's a single-person studio game, so it's kind of buggy, but you got to, you know, it's a single person in the studio doing it, so there's going to be bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead of it being, you know, aliens, it's uh, ecological monsters coming to life with the same kind of, you know, the world shattered, various factions, we're supposed to be the ones fixing this. You know, resource base building, management, that kind of thing. Uh, it's okay. Really long load times. Um, the couple of gameplay elements I'm not the biggest fan of. Uh, for example, you can run out of ammo. So you have to take inventory spots to have ammo. But then if you need to pick anything up, you have weight limitations on what you can carry. And the inventory um, is gone. So in the Overwatch, you know how when... You move and you can't, there's nothing for you to target. You can put a character in Overwatch to where if something else comes in front of them or whatever, it uh, you know triggers an attack. You have to set a specific cone area of effect for Overwatch. And if the character doesn't trigger it, it doesn't trigger, which not the biggest fan of either. So, hmm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, anything else you want to mention? Uh, I mean, I've been doing the normal stuff. I've been trying Lost Ark. It's okay. I mean, it's a free MMO, um, but there's not really a whole lot of MMO elements to it. Uh, There's definitely too much to do. Uh, You have a whole different, like... I I finally got past the the intro story, and the intro story takes, like, a good 20 hours to to get past before you get into the game proper. Um, There's crafting, but it doesn't really do anything because... Um, the stuff that you can buy in the store is better than the stuff that you can craft. You have a whole uh, base that you can design and build stuff for and create, but it's off the map, so you got to teleport there and then teleport back, and it just becomes a slog keeping up with everything. Um, so I don't know how much longer I'm going to stick with it. I'm just kind of winging it for now. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, just to explain, by the way, to our audience, uh, why where, where we were last week. Um, so we went to record an episode on Sunday. Um, then we weren't able to. Uh, it was a for me, it was a scheduling issue. I had a United game to to watch and to do an episode for, which takes you know all of that process takes a few hours. Um, and then we were going to do an episode on our old Tuesday slot, which would have been the Tuesday just gone. And then literally the after in the afternoon of that day, Sony was like, hey, we're doing a state of play tomorrow. So I was like, hey, Robert, 
this is happening tomorrow let's just move the show to Sunday instead of trying to squeeze it in on Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever um, and then it was like hey let's just push the show to, to Sunday instead uh, so we can just kind of include everything so that was basically what yep. happened um, sim- simply sort of put so which I think I mentioned that on a few episodes before but um, there we go so uh, but we're back this week anyway um, for me I've been playing Horizon Forbidden West still and I've also been playing GT7 also known as Gran Turismo 7 uh, having a good time with both of them having a good time with both of them both of them indeed um, yeah GT7 is basically the first racing only game that I actually like um, and what I mean by that is obviously there's uh, games, other games where you've got racing and other things, so like um, Cyberpunk and Grand Theft Auto and games like that, where you can drive around and do stuff in cars, but there's also the third-person open-world element. Um, I've not got a ton to say about Gran Turismo 7, I'm just having a general good time with it. It's got that um, classic sort of PlayStation feel, because um, with GT7, it's very much in PlayStation's like history and everything which is great it's still got all the classic old like sounds and the three two one countdown and everything so that's bringing back some uh memories of watching my dad play the uh the ps1 games and stuff which is cool i've made like a good amount of progress with it i finished about 10 races i want to say i'm just sort of clicking through the next races and then when i can buy another car i do that and then i just pick which car is is better and stuff i haven't gotten into any of the tuning stuff i haven't really needed to just yet um i'm playing on medium difficulty and you know sometimes i uh slip up with it um but mostly at the moment the requirements for a lot of the races i'm doing are third place or higher um i don't know why that is but that's just the way it is so i just go along with that um, but no, it's pretty good. It's, it's it's pretty good. I I I differ between the third person car camera and the first person like steering wheel view. Both of them are pretty good, but I've changed it depending on you know the track and that sort of thing. So I, overall, I'm, I'm having a good time with it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to getting back to it, doing some other intense ish sort of races, and then it seems like what the game is doing is like, hey, collect three cars from this set so like classic cars and then hey here's a different set of cars from a different era so collect three of these cars you do three races to do that and then you just kind of move from class to class or you know different types of cars and that sort of thing so um yeah it's been it's been pretty good so far yeah i've i've enjoyed my time with it um there is some microtransaction stuff in there. Obviously, I've not paid anything towards it. Basically, it's... Uh, I don't know how much they actually are because I've not clicked on anything. Um, or I've not really looked at it. It's probably been in like a menu on the side of the screen that I've just not really looked at. Um, but it did say, like, press this to buy credits or something. But I just didn't really look at it. Um, basically, that is for credits to get more money to buy a better car basically is how that works i don't know if there's anything else in there but that seems to be what that is um so yeah it's been good i let my dad do um a race he said it was quite good and he was like oh this controller is a bit kind of like odd (laughs) which was obviously that was his first time with a uh dual sense controller um but i literally i i he was in the garden doing something i was like hey dad i got something to show you i was like i'm not gonna 
tell you at all what it is. And then, you know, went and showed him the game. He was like, oh, this is Gran Turismo 7. And I was like, yeah, doing this race and all that kind of stuff. And then I think what he thought I was going to do is me show him me driving. But I was like, hey, here's the controller. You can, you know, if you fail the race, you can just press retry. It's not a big deal. Um, and he had a go on it. So it was uh, that was pretty good. So, yeah, um, but that was nice as well. Uh, over on the Horizon side of things, um, I put out a, um, I think it was a tweet, I can't remember if I put it, I put it on Facebook, I can't remember if I put it on Twitter, I probably put it on both. Um, Horizon's an interesting game, because there's a lot of things about the game that really work, such as the characters, and especially Aloy's character, and, um, I'm actually enjoying the parkour quite a lot, or the, the climbing and stuff with the uh, the grapple and things like that, and just climbing the buildings and stuff, and kind of exploring certain levels. Um, the game's got some weird issues with its combat, where I don't know if it's it might just be a me thing, but I seem to sort of... I was doing this mission yesterday where there's this big, like, robot that's marching through this particular area. You're with a few characters... And uh, I'm not going to give any like story spoilers or whatever, but the characters say to Aloy like, "Hey, we can't let this robot get through here, because um, it will kill another village if it gets through because it's enormous." And the fight took me an hour and a half to do <laughs> because I kept dying over and over again. Um, in the end, I think I just got a bit lucky with it, um, but it was this big, big, big robot dinosaur thing and I had to shoot it with lots of different types of ammo and stuff like that um but there was moments where like uh because there was these other villagers that were there that were like trying to attack you and there's these little like poles that were in sort of a circle in this area and I was like oh I'm gonna grapple to the top of one of them shoot off a couple of arrows or something jump off and try and go to the next one and I'm in like mid animation for grappling towards this thing and I'm literally getting sniped with arrows. <laughs> uh and there were these arrows that like pinned Aloy down, it was or like slowed her down. It was it, it was interesting and it was challenging. I'm not complaining about it, but I was like, Wow, I'm in mid animation for this thing, I'm just getting sniped off. Um and then there was other incidents where, like, I would grapple to the top of the pole, and then the dinosaur would just charge into the thing and just and just knock it over and kill me. Which, again, that's that's fine. Um, I suppose it was just a challenge for me to work out how to do it. But there's other times as well where I get a bit more frustrated, where like I'm trying to combine a few things, where I run away from a robot thing, I do a slide, I turn around, I try to do the slow down aiming thing. And I fire off a couple of shots. And there's been some times when I've genuinely got stuck on like a tree. And I can't get off the tree. And because I've just gone into sliding mode. Aloy is crouching. And for some reason when you go from crouching to trying to run. It can take like a second or two more than it needs to. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. But um, and I'm like okay the monsters, the, the thing is charging. I need to get myself off of this tree that I'm stuck on. And then I kind of get killed by that sometimes. So maybe it's just I need to be more careful around trees. I, I don't know if it's a me problem or I just I thought the collision would be a bit better than than that in in certain aspects. But uh, 
I'm, I'm overall having a good time. Um, I think one of the characters actually called, I think it's called Eren, um, is kind of a, a more annoying character than he was in the first game. Uh, he was a character I, I didn't particularly gravitate towards him anyway. Um, but I feel like he's gone up a notch with how annoying he kind of is. Uh, but yeah, th- those things kind of aside, the story's got a bit of interesting mystery to it. You're collecting, I'm collecting stuff at the moment. Um, I went on like a couple of side quests to like get parts from different robots to, uh, to buy different weapons and stuff. Those were some interesting side quests and things. Um, so yeah, it's been good. Uh, any thoughts on Horizon or anything so far? Uh, obviously I don't have it because I don't have uh-huh. a PS5. Yeah. I can't find any, uh, console right now. I'm still trying to find a, a Series X because I know that's the one I would use more. I don't want to buy a PS5 right now because I don't think I would use it a whole lot. I do want one eventually because mm. I am very, very curious with the DualSense controller, but I got to figure that's one where you, you need to have it to, uh, um, to really understand it, so mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'll continue with both games. Um, I think I want to finish the story in Horizon first, and then focus on the racing for GT Seven. But I'm eager to get back to both of them, so that's good. And then I've got things like Dying Light to go back to, and a bunch of other games to try. I've still not played um, Kenya Bridge of Spirits, which I'm looking forward to. So I'm kind of debating like should I jump into Elden Ring? A lot of people seem to be enjoying it, but I probably won't finish it. So that's something to me to work, for me to work out later. Um, so there's that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we've been playing. Yeah, you got to be a Dark Souls oh. person to really get into Elden Ring. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's just with those games, I like to kind of dip my toe in and at least get like, hey, I kind of experienced a few hours of this game. I suppose, just to kind of see from, you know, first-hand what it's like, I suppose. So, uh, anyway, that's everything we've been up to for games and stuff. Let's get into some housekeeping. And then we've got quite a bit of news, quite a bit of news to talk about as well. So, uh, we'll see you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion, we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film 
but it's one per month so one tv show or film review per month it's up to you which one you want to choose we will watch a few episodes of the tv show that you choose or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, there was another United game yesterday. We won 3-2 away, uh, sorry, at home to Tottenham. Cristiano Ronaldo grabbing another hat-trick. And he's now um, the, what was the uh, record he broke again? Um, The world's leading goal scorer in men's football. Um, So, like, the best goal scorer of all time, I think, with, like, I think it was 802 goals he's now got, which is ridiculous, but of course he got three of them yesterday. So, uh, good, good stuff with that, and it was a good win over Tottenham. Uh, there's a massive, massive game on Tuesday against Atletico Madrid. Basically, we can either win or lose that game. We can't draw that game, and if we win it, we'll go through in the Champions League, and if we lose it, we'll be out of the Champions League. So, that could be that could be a long night. <laughs> I hope we that we finish it in 90 minutes, but uh, that could be a long game. So... There's that. Uh, Over on the film review side of things, a few things to talk about there. Yesterday I watched on Disney Plus a new film called Turning Red, which is the newest outing from Pixar, and I absolutely loved it. I gave it a must-see rating, a spoiler-free section at the start, and yeah, I had a lot of really good things to say about that film, and Pixar as a studio, and all that kind of stuff, so I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. That film, and as I said, you can go and watch that uh, with a Disney Plus subscription. I think it's out in certain cinemas, but yeah, again, it's out on Disney Plus. So there you go. Uh, over on the United cast, I did a bit of a midweek uh, bonus episode because there was no game midweek last week. I don't know why, but that's the way it is. Uh, the podcast was called Who Should Stay and Who Should Go. So going through the entire team's squad, uh, which was about 35 players or so. And going through how old everybody is in the team when their contracts run out, because there's five players that are going to have their contracts running out this season, uh, and just deciding or talking about who should stay, who should go, and who's probably going to go anyway. So, talked about that. Um, Walking Dead still continuing. We're up to season 11, episode 11. We'll be covering episode 12 on Wednesday, so me and David still doing that. Uh, in honour of International Women's Day, which was earlier this week, I did a list called Top 10 Favourite Female Characters. Um, I ended up with 22 characters, um, but I narrowed it down to a top 10 and then a whole bunch of honourable mentions. Uh, and there was even still characters I remembered after I did that list. I'm not going to go and redo the whole list, but um, I guess I can update it next year. But uh, yeah, that was really, really good to do. I like doing those sorts of lists, so that was cool. Um, over on the other United cast episode, which was from a week ago, we lost 4-1, um, away to Manchester City in the Manchester Derby. Uh, over on the DC side of things, I did my Don't Skip review for The Batman, the big new DC film. Uh, there's a spoiler-free section at the start of that one as well. Uh, did another podcast as well called Ranting About YouTube Problems. Um, on a viewer side of things, which is just talking about how certain buttons and features and functions just don't work basically and they've been problems on youtube for years that have not been addressed other people have discussed them but i decided to just talk about how youtube basically doesn't work sometimes do you ever notice any problems on youtube when you go to view stuff or how videos are given to you and whatnot 
No, not really. Um, but then again, I've been getting away from YouTube because I'm not a fan of a lot of things they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but there's that. And that is pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favorite podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Alright, so let's talk about this um, suddenly arranged state of play. Uh, it took place on Wednesday. Um, let's go with our, with our overall feelings, whether we... Because I've got, obviously, like, games that stood out. Um, if there was games that were in there that I didn't care for, I just didn't write them down. Um, but what did you... Did you think this was a good or a bad or a mid- middle state of play? What did you think? I think it was slightly above average. I, uh... I like the. It was very heavily game focused. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find it ironic that they spent so much time on Forspoken um, the day after it got delayed again. Mm, so yeah. we'll just have to see where that goes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, the two that I'm kind of the most interested in is the uh, Ninja Turtle Collection because mm-hmm. I played a lot of those games over the years, and Trek to Yomi because, like we talked about when I did the. Uh, when we did the review for uh, Ghost of Tsushima, I grew up on samurai movies as a kid, and mm-hmm. that just screams of that. Right. And so that's one I'm really looking forward to. Nice. Cool. Yeah, that kind of... When I saw that, I was like, oh, it's Sifu meets Ghost of Tsushima, because it looked exactly like that, which is really cool. So um, I thought it was a good state of play. Um, there was a few games I just didn't particularly care for, but then not everything is going to be for me. Um, I don't think they had any really big misses. Um, I I thought what was going to happen, which didn't end up happening, because that GTA definitive, I'm using air quotes with my hands, which nobody can see because this is an audio show, um, the definitive GTA 5 thing, and I was like, oh, because that, it's either out now or it's coming very, very soon. I thought they were going to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that wasn't that the first thing that was shown off in the PlayStation Five reveal. I think it was, um, I like, think, like yeah. ooh, definitive edition. Even though there's nothing different with it, it's just faster loading times, and you don't get a free upgrade from your PS4 version. Um, and then there's all this weird pricing stuff with the online thing and everything. Um, I thought they were going to show that, and I'm really glad that they didn't. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the things that they showed, which I liked. Um, Forspoken, which you you mentioned, delayed to October eleventh, twenty twenty two. It was due to be out in May. I can't remember the date that it was supposed to be out in May, but uh, more gameplay was shown. And as I mentioned, we've seen this game what twice. This is the third time I think we've seen this mm-hmm. game because we saw it. At, we saw it at the Game Awards. We saw it um, before that when it was initially revealed. I continue to be more impressed with this game the more that I see. Of it, I think the lead protagonist is interesting. I think the gameplay looks really cool with the different powers and stuff. There was even a little clip of like a surf horror hover surfboard esque type of thing she was using that looks really kind of cool. That's I'm guessing for traversal to traversal and stuff. Um, some of the there was lots of quick flashes of things in in this little piece of gameplay, but 
I liked all of it. I, I, I think this game looks great. And hey, if you need more time to polish this game off and it's not ready for me, fair enough. I can I can wait. Um, what do you think of what was shown of uh, Forspoken? I it was okay. I mean, it looked it looked really nice. I'm not really on that bandwagon, partially because I don't have a PS5, so I know I'm not going to be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still waiting for uh, either a game feature or a character introduced to make me really, really want to get into it and play it. Mm-hmm. And so far, that really hasn't happened yet. I mean, snarky inanimate object that's been done a thousand times. Mm. All right. Um... But yeah, I th- I thought that looks that looks great. So, um, but I have to wait until October apparently. Which okay, if that's the case, then there's nothing I can actually do about that. So, <laughs> there we go. Uh, speaking of a game that I I wrote it down, and I'm not going to play this game, but everybody else seems to be kind of excited. That's Ghostwire Tokyo. I think this game looks terrible. Um, and I know this is a bit of a cliche thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. The gameplay here, I think, looks like something from the PS3 era. Um, not really graphics-wise. I wasn't really paying attention to the game's graphics because, as most people know, I'm not really a graphics person. I'm more focused on, like... Because these, these two games that we've just talked about, Forspoken and Ghostfire, are both doing, like, power type of gameplay, right? They're different sort of background and setting and, obviously, different perspective. This is first-person, whereas Forspoken is third-person. Um, but I think it looks kind of janky. I think it looks a bit slow at certain points. Um, so that's going to be a game I'm going to be missing. Uh, I think they said March 25th or something. Yeah, March 25th. Yeah, I think this game needs another year in the oven, so to speak. Um, but that's just me. I've seen a lot of people impressed with this game, which is cool if you want to be impressed with it. Uh, what do you think of Ghostwire Tokyo? Uh, it, it still is something that I'm kind of keeping... On my radar, know that I'm gonna play it. I don't know. I think it's coming to PC. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to check. Right. Uh, if it does, then I'd probably play it on PC. Uh, obviously, since I don't have a PS5, uh, plus my PC is a little faster than a PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. It's one of those things. That I'm gonna have to see how the reviews come out with it, um, and then I'll probably wait for it to hit like a a sale for like a holiday sale coming up mm-hmm. when it gets like you know 20% off or something. Right, right. Like one of those, yeah, one of those sales. It's interesting with Bethesda, because obviously this is another Bethesda game. Um, So, Deathloop was popular for about a week, and then everybody Mm -hmm. stopped playing it. IGN and some other places gave it a 10. And hey, if you think Deathloop's a 10 out of 10 game, cool. It's good for you. It's good that you enjoyed something that you played. Um, But no, nobody talks about Deathloop anymore. It's it's been on like a big sale. Quite short, quite a short time after it got released, so nobody's talking about that game anymore. So that's another game from Bethesda that had somewhat of an interesting premise. I mean, I never, I can't speak to how good it was because I never played it, but um, that's another one from Bethesda. Uh, this is another one that I think doesn't look very impressive. It's another game from Bethesda. I, I think there's an awful lot riding on um, Starfield in in yep. November and. And less than I mean, people really liked Doom uh, Eternal, which which is great. People like the Doom twenty sixteen game. Um, it's it's going to be interesting when like because they got the next Elder Scrolls in development. Um, we have to see when they come out with another Fallout game. Because obviously seventy six wasn't a success. Whether or not it's you know better now, obviously it's been out for like 
years at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see, like, okay, everyone's forgotten about Deathloop. <laughs> Ghostwire Tokyo is about to come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, literally about two weeks' time, I think. And then Starfield all the way out in November. There's time to save that game. Um, and there's not been anything I've not been impressed with with Starfield. It, it, it was just that trailer came out and I was like, oh, cool, a person on a planet and a spaceship. Great. <laughs> um, but what do you think of uh, how those things might go in relation to Ghostwire and what's happened with Deathloop and stuff like that? Uh, it's hard to know. I mean, it's really one of those things until people get their hands on the game, then uh, we don't really know. I did check it is being sold on Steam, so okay, okay, it is uh, playable in a way for me. So mm-hmm. um, we'll just have to wait and see how it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, speaking of what you mentioned a minute ago, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga Collection. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but Konami's name is on this. Yep. They they make video games apparently. Um <laughs> instead of just pachinko machines. Uh that was the part that kind of surprised me the most. Um yeah, it seems like this is going to be something to tide people over until the uh Shred um Shredder's Revenge game comes out, which is the one that was like previously announced that everybody's really looking forward to because this is like a collection of like you said old games, isn't it? So um, mm-hmm. I think both look great. Whether you're talking about the collection here or the upcoming Cow- uh, Shredder's Revenge game, um, something about the style of both things look quite interesting to me. Um, but yeah, you looking forward to maybe jumping into this and maybe the other, the newer one coming out? Possibly, yeah. Cool, cool. So uh, we've we've got that happening. Um, what's going on with the films with Ninja Turtles? Is there a film? Uh, coming out, I did it, didn't it get rebooted not. and now it's getting rebooted again or something? Because <laughs> they did, um, they did the, those the... versions. They did those versions where they had Megan Fox and mm-hmm. they were like really big Hulk type turtles, which didn't quite that, look like. Those were terrible movies. Yeah, I never saw those two. Um, I think it's being rebooted again. There's like an animated show still on Nickelodeon, which I used to watch, and then it went really weird, uh, so I stopped watching it. Um, I did the Classic Reviews episode for the first film um, a, a few months ago. You can find an episode on that. So, yeah, it's I, I kind of feel sorry for this franchise sometimes because it's got so much potential to be so, so good, and it has been at certain points, but it's been a little bit over, all over the place with, like, this reboot and then this reboot and then this reboot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, and the games have been hitting this, I suppose. So we'll see what happens with this one. Uh, as you mentioned, Trek to uh, Yomi, I said, looks great on here. Uh, Devolver Digital is behind this one. And genuinely, when I first saw this come up, because I didn't know what this game was, I was like, oh, is this some DLC for Sifu, where you've got like a sword and stuff? Because you can use weapons in the game, but it's like pipes and bottles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can pick up like a gun or a sword or anything. So... Um, yeah, I, I I think that looks really really great. Uh, it's it looks like this perfect mixture of like Ghost of Tsushima meets Sifu, which are two great games. Um, this is a, a little bit more of your kind of. I mean, I'm very interested in this. But what did you think of uh, seeing that? Yeah, it's something that's definitely up my alley. So um, we'll just see when it comes out. 
Mm-hmm. I don't did think they, they gave a release date for it. I was just going to ask, did they give a date? I don't remember seeing I don't one. remember seeing one either, so... Yeah. Did they say 2022 or 3? Or just... it just? I think it just... I don't even think they that. said that. Yeah. So, see where that goes with the Devolver Digital. Uh, and that's what I've got for the State of Play stuff. I don't remember anything else that came up, and I did look at like a recap just to make sure I didn't miss anything there's a co-op thing being added to like returnal i don't really have any thoughts on that because i didn't i haven't finished that game yet so uh but that looks pretty good so part of me when i saw that trailer because a lot of it is recognizable from the first trailer i was like oh were they do like are they doing because i was first of all i was thinking like oh is this like the ps5 version but then the game's already on ps5 so i was like what where are you going with this because sometimes we've seen trailers of games right with like um gta where it's like oh this is the original footage of the game and it's like here's your ps5 version um but then it was that they added uh they're adding a co-op thing i think a horde mode or something and some other dlc and stuff but i've still got the main game to play so um where are you sitting with with returnal do you have the interest to play that no not really i mean it looks kind of cool but it's at the end of the day it's still a roguelite with uh Mm -hmm. Uh, platforming mechanics so yeah. not really my style of game that I would play to begin with so mm-hmm. so there we go uh, that's everything for the you don't have anything else written down for state of play do you nope okay cool uh, so there's that for the state of play stuff that's going on uh, so we look forward to seeing more of those games so nothing from like WB uh, nothing about God of War um, which is supposed to be out this year we'll see if that happens so we'll see uh we do have e3 or whatever's going to be happening in the summer so mm-hmm. we shall see uh all right let's move on from well sort of sticking with playstation because this game is still on playstation uh, let's talk about some russian stuff that's going on we're not going to get into like the political kind of discussion of it although if you do want to hear my thoughts on the situation in uh more, more so the situation in ukraine i did talk about it on the most recent chat podcast so you can find that discussion over there but let's use that situation and gaming and talk about something that's happened so uh fifa 22 uh which is the newest game in the fifa series uh is removing russia and russian teams from the game this has already happened it was probably done in like a update thing when you load the game um and I looked up as to which teams, which Russian teams are on the game. Because admittedly, I mean, obviously I follow football a lot and stuff. Russia is kind of the one league where I'm not really quite familiar with them as such. Man United don't seem to play too many Russian teams. We play a lot of Spanish teams, actually, which is what we'll be doing on Tuesday. But uh, I'm familiar with, like, the French League, Spanish League, German League, um, somewhat of the Scottish League, obviously the uh, English Premier League those types of ones but Russia's the one that's a bit sort of I'm not quite all aware of what's going on there but as a question that was on uh, I looked this up through Google and it says is a CSKA Moscow on the FIFA 22 and it says here uh, three sides affected by the ban are Lokomotiv Moscow CSKA Moscow and Spartak Moscow their removal will hurt uh, Russian gamers who may lo- may no longer be able to play as their favorite team whether Russian players such as Lev Yashin uh, will be removed from the game or not is unclear because of course you've got two elements to this right where okay you take the team off the game 
And that probably means the Ultimate Team icons that you can unlock through Ultimate Team, they're probably removed as well. But there's a bunch of players, of course, on those teams as well. So what happens to those? Why would because I haven't I do have FIFA 22 rented at the moment for the career mode streams that I'm doing. Uh, I didn't look on the game to see what's going on with them. My most likely guess as to what you could do is take the obviously the Russian teams and stuff off the game, but then put all their players into the free agents section. Um, so that if you did want to move those players to Chelsea, Man United, whoever you want, <clears throat> um, you could do that. Um, the one game mode where this wouldn't be affected is if you've started a career mode and you are either playing, well, as a normal, as another team and you'll face a Russian team later on, whether or not it's the international team or a team from that league... Um, they will still stay on the game. These type of things don't tend to affect career mode because that's like a save file and it wouldn't really work that way. Um, the other way this wouldn't be affected is if you're playing obviously career mode as one of the Russian teams or you're managing the national team of, of Russia because, again, the game can't really impede the career mode save that you've got. At least it's it's not supposed to be able to, to do that. So... Um, yeah, there's been a bunch of news about like this and that stopping in Russia. I think PlayStation said that they were stopping their service in Russia. I think Netflix or Disney said the same thing. And there's been other companies. Obviously, this is to do with the uh, thing that's going on in the world at the moment. Um, but yes, yeah, this, uh, this is kind of interesting. I thought we could kind of use what's going on with Russia in regards to games and put it towards this piece of conversation regarding FIFA. Um, but what do you make of these teams being removed from the game, Robert? Uh, honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of pointless gestures. I mean, if this came from like massive uh, support of the fans of FIFA saying, we want this, and they did it, it'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. But this is just a stupid thing to do, because is it really going to change anything? Is it... Is it really going to reverse what's going on? No, they're just grandstanding. And I, I, that's one of my pet peeves is pointless gestures like that. Mm. I do agree. Um, because if you're an innocent civilian who's living in Russia mm-hmm. and you don't want to leave the country because you have a stable home, family, job, etc., and you want to go and buy a copy of FIFA 22, you're right. If you have... I mean, you know, if you're living in Russia, it doesn't mean that you're going to support a Russian team, but it's quite likely. And if you do support, let's say, CSK in Moscow or any of those other teams, and you want to be like, hey, friend, do you want to come over and play FIFA or to play FIFA with somebody? Or, hey, I just brought FIFA. I'm excited to start my career mode as CSK in Moscow. And they're just not on the game. That doesn't benefit the situation at all. I do see the other side, which is where... um you've got the more economy effect, so where, like, PlayStation stops their services and that sort of stuff, that still does affect your... Well, obviously, if you're buying FIFA 22 on PlayStation, that would have some sort of effect. And I can't remember if it was Netflix or Disney, but they said the same thing as well, one of those two companies. I can see how Pay as well is shut down in that country. Okay. Um, I could see how that would be more of an economy thing to attack what's going on. But I don't see, I, I, I agree, I don't quite see how removing a game off of a video game, sorry, a, a team off of a video game is going to help stop 
things um so yeah i i i agree with that but um that's what we have going on with that situation at the moment so um there's also another thing going on with fifa as well there was a completely separate incident uh i don't know if you're familiar with mason greenwood i'm guessing you're probably not he's a relatively new nope player um he's a young manchester united player who um did some bad stuff. I don't want to get too much. If if you want to hear my full thoughts on it and stuff, I did a separate episode um, about a month ago now. It's been a while. But he did some bad stuff, and he's in a lot of trouble at the moment. And he was removed off of the game, um, which that makes sense, because he's also not actually playing football at the moment for the right reasons. Um, so that's kind of happened as well. So there you go with that. Uh, anyway, let's move on from... Uh, things being removed from video games and let's talk about uh new video game accessories so we've already talked um recently about psvr2 we saw some images recently uh we got our first look at the actual headset itself as well and there was a whole bunch of information that was recently announced so i'm going to go through this um so it says here uh, today, I am especially pleased to reveal the stunning new design of our next-generation VR headset, PlayStation VR 2. Uh, together with an updated and final design image of our PlayStation uh, VR 2 Sense controller, so taking a similar name as you know, DualSense from the PlayStation 5 controller, uh, you'll notice the PS VR 2 headset has a similar shape um, as the PS VR 2 Sense controller, Taking on a matching um, orb look, uh, the circular orb represents the 360-degree view that players feel when they enter the virtual reality world, because you can obviously turn completely around, look up and down, all that sort of thing. Uh, so this shape captures it nicely. And if my mouse wants to work, I'll read the rest of this. Uh, the um, design of the PSVR 2 headset was also inspired by the look of um, the PS5 family of products. When our design team created the PS5 console, they also had the next generation VR headset uh, in mind, so you'll notice some similarities in the look and feel. Uh, the PS5 console has um, flat edges. It says it says that here. I, I don't really agree with that, but uh, um, as it is meant to be displayed on a flat surface, well, if you want to lay it sideways you have to use a stand but anyway never mind um for that surface while there uh, was more emphasis on adding uh, roundness to the design of the psvr2 headset since it is meant to have uh, constant human contact because it will be on your head and in your face um similar to the round edges of the dual sense controller um and the uh, pulse 3d headset which i don't have and don't need um, our goal is to create a headset that will not only become an attractive part of your living room uh, decor, I think this is called, um, but will also keep you immersed in your game world, which is very important in VR as well, to the point where you almost forget you are using um, a headset or controller. That's why we paid very close attention to the ergonomics of the headset and conducted uh, expensive testing to ensure a comfortable feel for a variety of head sizes because um, not everybody's got the same shape of head or size of head. Uh, we already had a look at a lot of positive feedback on the ergonomics of the first um, PSVR headset. It's quite a good headset. Um, by carefully balancing the headset weight and having a simple 
um, headband that can be adjustable so we kept the same concept for PSVR 2 headset other features such as the headset's adjustable scope uh, that places the scope area um, closer to or further away from the face and placement of the stereo headphone jack which is in a bit of an awkward position on VR but I can deal with that um, remains the same so players will be familiar with it um, for the uh, PSVR 2 headset. We took a comfort, uh, sorry, we took comfort um, a few steps by uh, adding new features such as the lens adjustment dial. So viewers, uh, so users, sorry, have an additional option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view. We also created a slimmer design with a slight weight reduction, even with the new added features such as the built-in. Uh, motor for the headset feedback. Uh, it was quite a challenge to create a slimmer design with the new features added to improve upon our headset. Uh, but our design and engineer teams proved this could be possible when we saw the final design. Additionally, we integrated a new design for the PSVR2 headset that we think users will enjoy. Eugene Morisawa, I've definitely pronounced that wrong, but that's my attempt. Uh, senior art designer at SIE, Sony Interactive Entertainment, led the headset design of PSVR2 and explains why this is his absolute favourite part of the design. And it says, quote, um, When I started to work on the design of the PSVR2 headset, one of the areas I wanted to focus on was, um, on first, was the idea of creating a vent in the headset to let air out, similar to the vents on the PlayStation 5 console that air that allows airflow. Our engineers came up with this idea as a good way to allow um, ventilation and avoid having the lens fog up while players are immersed in their VR games. I worked on my um, I worked on many design concepts to achieve this in the final and in the final design. You can see that there is a little space in between the top of the front surface of the scope that contains the integrated ventilation. I'm really proud of how this turned out and the positive feedback I've gotten so far. I hope our PlayStation fans will also agree. I can't wait for them to try it out. Uh, it's just a couple more things. Um, another treat... Uh, what does this say? Another treat we wanted to share, similar to the thousands of uh, tiny PlayStation symbols we added to the design of the PlayStation 5 console because there's like little design things in the white uh, thing on the console uh, and DualSense controller we also included tiny PlayStation symbols uh, to the front of the to the front and the back uh, bands on the PSVR 2 headset to add a comfortable feel for players to enjoy uh, when PSVR 2 launches it will take a giant leap forward in the way uh, we play games in virtual reality there are plenty of exciting new features to look forward to in the psvr2 system including stunning visual fidelity in uh, 4k hdr and state-of-art graphics rendering enhanced tracking such as um such as inside out camera tracking uh the new playstation 2 vr sense technology uh, features such as haptic feedback sorry he headset feedback um, and the new intuitive PSVR2 Sense controllers um, that creates an incredibly deep feeling of immersion. Additionally, the PSVR2 system comes in a simple single cord setup so you can connect your games immediately. PSVR2 development kits are already in the hands of, of game creators and we are excited for what they'll come up with 
to truly make virtual reality a remarkable experience for gamers. We look forward to sharing more details on PSVR 2. Stay tuned. Oh, and now I could breathe. Um, a lot of information there. Um, a lot of it sounds pretty good. Most of it's talking about um, the similarities in the design. And yeah, I looked this thing up on Google and um, uh, the, the headset does look very, very similar. But it, it kind of goes with that phrase, if it, if it isn't broken, don't fix it, you know. And from my experience with using the PSVR headset, there isn't a lot wrong with it. I mean, the weight of it is pretty good. Obviously, you've got this thing on your head, so you're going to want the weight to be good and not too heavy. Whether it's the sides or the front or the back. Um, so there isn't a whole lot to improve, necessarily. Um, the one area where it can be massively improved is with the controllers, because the PlayStation VR still uses the PS3 Move controllers, and they work quite well for what they try to achieve. Um... But that's the area, because I'm, I'm actually kind of more curious about what these controllers can do as opposed to what the headset can do. And I appreciate that they've put in the effort for, like, better ventilation and a more comfortable sort of fit and, like, different adjustment sort of settings and stuff. So that all sounds quite good to me. I'm just more curious about what they can do with the actual controller itself. Um, Robert, what do you make of some of this information and what do you think they could do to improve... PSVR 2, I guess. Uh, I don't really... I, I do like the direction they're going with the reduction in the number of cables. Yeah, Obviously, that's a big thing. thing. Um, I don't do... I don't use a VR. I don't have a VR, so past that, I really couldn't comment because I don't have enough of a background on it to really do with anything. Obviously, the weight, you know, getting that down is a big thing, so mm -hmm. we'll just have to see where it is. Yeah. Yeah, they did this presentation a few weeks ago as well, and they announced a Horizon game, which they showed about a minute of. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see how that works, and that's obviously going to hopefully be kind of a launch title. Uh, I suppose two other predictions to talk about. Um, how much do you think this will cost? So let's just use dollars. And when do you think it will come out? Uh, I think it'll be 300 and it'll probably come out next year. Okay, only 300 Hmm. Um, how much was PSVR 1 when it launched? That was, although that came with a camera as well. Um, or you had to get a camera for it. So, uh, I think next year, um, I don't know what month roughly, but probably not this year. I, w I would imagine it's not, like, been properly shown off yet. So, they've still got ways to go. Mm-hmm. And they also need to have, you know, a good launch lineup of games, not just not just Horizon. Um, maybe you can do some sort of sports thing or some other games here and there. Um, I think it will be between four to five hundred dollars. Um, and I, th I think there'll probably be certain bundles. Obviously, I don't know what you could do in terms of bundles of like, obviously with. Uh, PlayStation 5, you've got, you know, the digital and the physical, sorry, the, the, the disc version, um, when they're $100 cheaper because uh, you haven't got the disc drive. Uh, and obviously later down the line when you get, like, more terabytes and stuff, there's different types of bundles with that. Um, but so you say 300 I, I think between four to $500, so I'm going to say 450 and... So maybe like March next year, like a spring type of type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
What do you think in terms of... I mean, Horizon just came out. And it looks like their big game, at least they've got announced so far, is this VR Horizon game. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Moss 2 announced as well, which I almost forgot about until the other day. I don't know what else they've got announced for VR, but those are the two kind of big ones. Moss was a big success. I would, I'm would, i going to guess that they're going to do something else with Astrobot as well, given that Astro's been... Because you had Astro, Astro Rescue Mission, which was a really good game on PSVR, and then you've got Astro as kind of, um, you know, the PS, the PlayStation 5 launch game. Um, cause Astro, the character of Astro is almost used as a tech demo, which is, is worked out pretty well so far. So it would sort of make sense if you do the next Astro game as like a tech demo for PSVR 2, maybe. Um, what do you think of what they might sort of launch with and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I think that's definitely, um, something that could be a thing i would hope that you know since you liked it so much they might get a um a sequel to the iron man vr um although that uh it's kind of played out a little bit it doesn't really have the same punch yeah. um that no, it used no one, to no one talks about that game unfortunately so yeah yeah um actually funny story there's a guy at work i talked to and he's kind of a gamer tech kind of person in fact he's the it technician at the school that i clean at and uh, sometimes he's in the same classroom, he fixes the computer while I'm cleaning and stuff. Or sometimes I just see him in the, the hallways and whatnot. And I was saying to him, like, hey, I do this podcast thing. I should probably tell him where the podcast is because I haven't told him that yet. And I was like, oh, what, what do you... Because he was saying, like, hey, when you're not cleaning, what do you do? And I was like, I do this podcast thing. Because uh, he's there, like, obviously all day at the school. That's what he does. And we got talking about, he's like, oh, what do you what do you podcast on? I was like, games and TV and all that kind of stuff. And we got talking about games and he's kind of drifted away from games a little bit. But anyway, um, I, cause I was playing Astro Bot at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm playing this um, Astro's uh, Playroom thing. It's like this PlayStation celebration thing. It's really, really good. And he's like, oh, I, I saw the, the VR game for that. I don't think he didn't say that he played it. He just said that he saw it. Um, I was like, yeah, VR is really, really good and stuff. So we were kind of talking about that for a bit. Um, and I was walking through the hallway and I was like, what game do I want to mention to him? And I was like, uh, and I sort of turned around because we were both kind of leaving. And I turned around to him. I was like, oh, because he, he said he has an Oculus or something. And I said, oh, if you ever do get a PSVR, get Iron Man, get Iron Man VR with it as well. Because I said that's like the best game on the on the system. Uh, so he said, oh, yeah, thanks for telling me that and everything. So, and that was pretty much that. So, yeah, because I was I, I sort of had this moment where I was like, there's always a VR game I recommend. Which one is it? And I was like, oh yes, yeah, Iron Man VR. So, um, which I still think is VR's best game. So, um, there you go. Uh, but that's everything I've got for this week, Robert. How about you? What would you like to talk about? Uh, I got a ton of stuff. This came up while I was actually looking up something else. So, uh, Universal Studios in Florida announced that they're going to be opening a Super Nintendo World in 2023. Uh, the theme park shared with uh, Travel and Leisure magazine. Uh, Super Nintendo World was conceived in partnership with Nintendo and the visionaries at Universal Creative to deliver exhilarating entertainment with innovative technologies, achievements inspired by the characters and video games that have appealed to generations of Nintendo fans for over 40 years. 
in addition to the attractions itself, guests will have the opportunity to immerse themselves in Nintendo with themed shopping, themed dining, themed roller coasters, and rides. Um, the Universal Studio Hollywood edition comes after the Super Nintendo World opened in Japan last year, featuring rides that put park goers right in the middle of Mario. And the dining included things like Super Mushroom Pizza Bowl, Piranha Plant Caprese Salad, and the Question Block Tiramisu. Uh, this isn't the first themed Universal in the U.S. Uh, there is the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Potter at its Florida location. This specifically says Hollywood, so I don't know if it's in the Florida location or if it's in the uh, California location. But either way, I'm going to be checking that out. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I'm curious about that Mario thing that they've got. Um, I could probably look up some videos and see what that mm-hmm. looks like. Um, yeah, I, I've seen like the Warner Brothers uh, tour. Th- I've not been on it. I've just seen like videos and stuff from it. Um, I've not looked at the the um, Universal stuff too much. I've seen like parts of the Harry Potter thing, but not like all of it. So, um, so do they have any video game stuff that they're planning, or what? What are they? What are they planning to do with this? Uh, well, I'm sure there'll be a cart race, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of uh, um, roller coaster rides. I actually went to Universal uh, Studios Hollywood when it first opened up in 1993. I happened to be in Florida with my parents on vacation at the time. And the thing that impressed me most about the park is that it was designed to keep you moving. Um, So for example, Mm -hmm. I went on the back to the future ride and this wasn't like a traditional roller coaster where, you know, 40 people get on the ride goes 40 people get off and then the next 40 and so on and so on. This was all uh, not VR screen, but it was all projection screen. And so each ride had, a pod and it had six people in it and then they had just had a line of pods and they staggered it so even though I was in the line for 45 minutes it never felt like I was in the line for 45 minutes because every minute you move six people forward like I said how's it doing keep it moving and so Mm -hmm. they've kept the design like that with a lot of their um, entertainment and rides to where you just go 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 so you don't have that just weight of always standing in line waiting to go you mm. you get that movement and it helps negate that a bit yeah yeah what sort of pod did you sit in what was it designed as it was it was basically a rough car shape and it was okay. on the top of a piston so it could rotate not 360 but it could it was a, basically a ball joint and so if it, if the screen went down and you were you dip down and then you flip back up and you spun around a little bit, and right. it, they knew that you would get nauseous in it. So every now and then you'd, you know, hit, get close to water, and so they missed in your face, and so that actually helps with the motion sickness. Weirdly enough, so hmm. okay, interesting. Um, yeah, I do like looking at some videos of that type of stuff. So there's there's just not a lot of that over in the UK. We've got like Thought Park and stuff, but mm-hmm. I mean I've been there once, but. Um, to me, if I'm going to go on a roller coaster, I'd like it to be something, you know, themed. Um, yep. Obviously, the, the one I'd probably love to go on the most, obviously, is the Toy Story stuff um, at uh, at the Disney thing. So, that would be cool. Um, so, yeah, because I think there's only one of those things, which is, I think it came out after uh, Toy Story 4 came out. So, yep. uh, who knows, maybe they'll do something for uh, Lightyear, which is coming out in June, but I, I doubt it. 
So possibly. Yeah, it's good. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the kind of the old school, I mean, really OG old school of computer games are the gold box games. Uh, these were games published by Strategic Simulations Interactive in the 80s and early 90s. They're based off of classic D&D box set uh, worlds, including uh, Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, Dark Sun, and Ravenloft. Uh, they're known as the gold box games because, obviously... The box had, had the artwork on it, and then all the edges and trimmings were gold. Um, so these are getting a, uh, a reboot, sort of. They're getting remastered to a point. I mean, they're 80s games. You can only remaster them so much. And they're getting part of an eight-game collection that's coming out on Steam next month. Uh, the games are Forgotten Realms, The Archive, Collection 1, which is Eye of the Beholder 1, 2, and 3. Uh, Forgotten Realms, Archive, Collection 2 which is Curse of the Azure Bonds, Gateway to the Savage Frontlands, Hillsfar, Pool of Darkness, Pool of Radiance, Secret of the Silver Blades, Treasure of the Savage Frontier, and Unlimited Adventures. Uh, there's the Archive 3, which is Dungeon Hack, and uh, Menzo Baranzan. Don't know. Uh, there's the Corin series, which is Champions of Corin, Death Knights of Corin, and the Dark Queen of Corin. Uh, there's the Dark Sun series, which is Shatterlands and Wake of the Ravager. Uh, the Raven Ravenloft series, which is Strahd's Possession and Stone Prophet. D&D uh, Stronghold, Kingdom Simulator, and Al-Kadim, The Genie's Curse. So that's a lot of games. It's going to be in a collection on Steam next month, like I said. No price has been given. But if you ever want to see like, like really where computer gaming first really got its foothold into the public collection, it's these games mm -hmm. have you heard of any of these games uh no I, I don't think i have no yeah i'd be surprised if you had like i said these are games that i was playing on a pentium one computer that had half a kilobyte of ram and an ega <laughs> va graphics card in 1989 so that's how old school it was yeah yeah stuff um i mean yeah the present of the preservation of games is very important um because you don't want to end up in sony's position where you know ps3 games are kind of unplayable on certain mm -hmm. things uh so that's obviously important which is where i like to have you know um remasters and ports and and that sort of thing as long as they're done right obviously and yeah um, that's going to be the big thing i'm i'm definitely keeping an eye on it it's definitely on my radar now and i hope that they're a good playable state. Mm -hmm. um, the graphics, I'm sure you could look up videos of them on YouTube. The graphics were incredibly crude by, by today's standards. I mean, at the time, those were pretty high end. But, I mean, we're talking like not even 8-bit. We're talking like 4-bit era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's good. Um, I just wish more game companies would try to do things in terms of mm -hmm bringing old games back and stuff so because as much as we love all the new games there is a lot of uh there's still loads of old games i'd love to go back and play um i mean we mentioned last week when i thought i saw paperboy whatever it was called mm -hmm. um in in that other game and uh that's one that i'd be interested to go back and play um so there we go uh all right what else do you want to talk about today uh did you ever hear of the game babylon's fall I've seen some things written about it, but I've not looked into it at all. I heard it's not doing very good. 
Yeah, neither neither did anybody else hear about it. This is a game uh, published by Square Enix, uh, developed by Platinum Games, and to say that it underperformed at launch would be a massive understatement. Um, obviously, with console sales, we don't really have the numbers. The only real metric that we have is the concurrent players on the Steam database. At, at launch, it peaked at 650 players. Now, keep oh. in mind, the Avengers game, which was universally panned, peaked at 27,000 players. Mm-hmm. So, bit of an underperformance. Yeah, yeah, that is... Uh, well, is there, like, a, a particular problem with this game that people are <clears throat> straying away from? Uh, there's nothing really specific in it. Um, I've watched the trailer, and I don't know what the game is about. According to the description, Babylon Fall is an action-adventure game set in a fantasy world. Um, the game was developed by Platinum Games and offers a tip, offers atypical for this studio elaborate arcade combat system that provides dynamic battles as well as a wide selection of attacks and special moves. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't tell you anything about it, but mm. the fact that it fell that hard, I don't think it's ever going to pick up. Mm. I mean, so right now it's sitting at a 53% review rating on Steam, so... Huh. There you go. Actually, that's reminded me, I'm going to wedge a bit of news in here that I've uh, forgot to put in but I, I want to talk about as well speaking of games that are underperforming mm-hmm. now I'm not going to go on and on and on about how bad Battlefield is because I've, I've I've done that already but there was an update given to the game this week and there was two interesting points uh, that I just wanted to, to wanted to point out um, so the game has been out for four months and they added a either a scoreboard or a better version of the scoreboard which i've seen the new version of the scoreboard and it looks all right it looks a bit busy but um they added it in so okay you know that's quite bad competitive multiplayer game you want to know how well you're doing as well as your team and you know who's going to win the game and that sort of thing that's quite important um so they added that in so that's that's already a that's already a whole bad thing in it in of itself that a competitive multiplayer shooter game didn't actually even launch with the scoreboard um, or one that wasn't functioning correctly or, or whatever. Then I heard combined with that because I watched um, Yong Yi's video because he's, he's been doing a lot of videos on Battlefield and so has uh, Big Fry as well. I watch a lot of their stuff. And one little note that was added in and I, I actually didn't know this until the other day because it, it it's like there's been there's so many problems with this game that I still don't even know what they all are because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, one little note that was added is oh we've added a uh, refined scoreboard for players to enjoy after four months, and we're working on adding in voice chat to this game. So there's there's two elements to that which is like okay those are two things that are very very important for a competitive online shooter which is talking to your teammates about like where the enemy is if you've got the bomb or the flag or whatever it is that you're doing or hey i'm gonna call in a veto thing or i've got a cluster strike or hey can someone stay back with me while i get a care package out that sort of thing you know communicating with the teammates now i thought about um because uh, I was thought, I was thinking about the way that the COD game that I play, which is Modern Warfare 19, how that functions as opposed to how this game functions. 
Now, um, COD Modern Warfare 19 has got crossplay, so you can play Xbox, Xbox and PlayStation and PC players can all play with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells you who's on what platform and, and, and that sort of thing. So that's all you need to do is go over to account, enable crossplay, and then that's it. And I was kind of thinking to myself, okay, if you're on PlayStation or you're on Xbox and you've got friends that are on those platforms that you're playing Battlefield with, okay, you can get into a um, into a party, obviously, and you can you can chat that way, which, okay, if you want to do that, you'll be leaving out the other potential teammates and stuff that you might not have in that party. And then I kind of thought, like, oh, if they've got cross-play with this game... And then I paused my own thought and I thought, okay, I've just assumed that this game's got crossplay, because I've never heard that Battlefield has actually got crossplay, so it might not actually have it. Because given the fact that the scoreboard, because if I'm to if I'm to look at this game and realise, okay, this vo- this game didn't have voice chat and this game didn't have a scoreboard, so m- one of my assumptions was, oh, if you're doing crossplay like from Xbox to PlayStation or to PC you won't be able to chat with those players in a party because they won't be on, you know, you can't invite your, if you're on Xbox, you can't invite your PlayStation friend to an Xbox chat party because it doesn't work that way. But then that was me assuming that cross-play was in the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it actually is or isn't. I'm assuming that it is, but I shouldn't assume that it is because if you haven't got a scoreboard or a voice chat, why would I then assume that you've got cross-play? You know, like if you're missing really, really basic functions, which is voice chat, which has been in games for years, talking all the way back to when I started, which is like, you know, 2007's COD 4, which mm-hmm. had voice chat and a scoreboard. If the, if this game doesn't have those two things, why would I then assume that it's got crossplay? Because if it does, then you won't be able to chat to your teammates who are on the other platforms. Because when I'm playing COD, and I've got certain friends that I play COD with that are on PC and that are on Xbox, but when we invite each other to whatever whoever whoever's party and we join up, we can all talk because we're in game chat, which this game apparently still doesn't have. And I just thought about how mind-blowing that is. Um, and the re- like I said, the reason I hadn't talked about that before is because I didn't know that. Um, so, yeah... It it just begs the question more of like why did this game? Because it, it it's interesting with like you know with like licensed games right like if there's a new Star Wars game coming out, Disney might want to tie it in with the new Star Wars film or the new season of The Mandalorian or something, or you know if there's a new Spider Man game coming out, they might want to tie it in with the Spider Man film or like how Fortnite does stuff right, mm-hmm. like when they added Nathan Drake and I think it was Chloe to the game that was because the uncharted film has come out and it was marketing there is nothing marketing wise that battlefield would have to be like quick we have to get this game out um so yeah just the more information i continue to find out about battlefield the more surprised and confused i am um but not having voice chat or a scoreboard is just another level of like okay (laughs) there you go so, um, what do you make of any of that, I suppose? Yeah, it's so weird for a game like that to not have voice chat. I would never have guessed that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't play those games a whole lot, or hardly at all. Um, on the rare occasions that I do, obviously the voice um, chat is important. 
mm-hmm. did test out uh, Apex, and they did have actually they did have voice chat, but they also had a way to communicate with your teammate through uh, interactive icons and right, right. button mapping. If you you're like me and you don't like voice chat because you get tired of all the garbage that spews out of it. <laughs> um, so at least they had that as a functionality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that makes no sense. Yeah. So you wouldn't even be able to smack talk the other team mm-hmm. because, well, why would an enemy be on your in your party chat? That makes no sense. Plus, when you're searching for a game... And you've got your friends with you in a party, assuming assuming you can do parties on this game. I'm assuming that you can do that, right? That is an but, assumption. We can't really take that. Uh... <laughs> I, I don't know if you've got that either. So maybe you've got no parties, no cross-platform, no 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 scoreboard, no voice chat, and the guns fire like absolute crap. Um, and the maps didn't work, and all, all sorts of things. So yeah, I'm 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 also assuming that you're able to actually invite your friends to parties, which. If you're not able to do that, I don't know how anybody's playing this game. So, <laughs> but yeah, like I said, if you if you can do parties and invite people to the game, um, yeah, you wouldn't be able to hear the other team then, which you don't need to. But you know, smack talk is kind of part of the fun and stuff. So, yeah, what a game, what a game. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Anyway, um, I interrupted your news part a little bit there, but I was just reminded of that. So uh, I'll let you continue. What else did you want to talk about today, Robert? Uh, well, we got a bit of serious news for right now. If you remember, we talked, it was either last week or the week before, about uh, NVIDIA falling for a hack. So we got some updates on that. Yeah. Uh, a hacker group calling itself, I'm guessing, Lapsus, um, L-A-P-S-U-S, with a dollar sign in the, at the end of it, because I guess why not, uh, has right. the code... Uh, the stolen code signing certificates and is using that to gain remote access to unsuspecting machines and deploying malicious software. According to the website Tech Power Up, the certificates are being used to develop, quote, a new breed of malware in bleeping computer lists, Cobalt Strike beacons, Mimikatz, backdoors, and remote access Trojans as some of the malware being deployed by this means. Uh, For people that are not Supercomputer savvy, a code signing certificate is something that developers use to sign off executable files and drivers before rolling them out to the public. It's a more secure way for Windows and prospective users to verify ownership of the original software file. Microsoft requires kernel mode drivers to be code signed, otherwise the operating system will refuse to open them. Uh, so if some hooligan signs off on malware with a genuine code from NVIDIA, your PC might not be able to catch the malware before it wreaks havoc on your system. Uh, the recent digital, uh, digital siege of NVIDIA saw Lapsus demanding the company release a hash rate limiter bypass, which I don't know what that is, a demand that was not met. The fallout resulted in not only code signing certificates being leased, released, but also 71,000 of the employees' credentials, NVIDIA's DLSS source code, and some next-gen GPU uh, projects. Of course, it didn't take long for the leaked certificate codes to join the arsenal for hackers around the web who pounced on the potential uh, to hide behind NVIDIA's genuine code in order to carry out uh, whatever they want. Uh, the codes are being used to sign certificates for Windows drivers along with Quasar remote access trojans as the website VirusTotal shows currently 46 security vendors and one sandbox flagged as being malicious. Um, there are serial numbers listed 
that are most likely to be successful, uh, susceptible, um, but they're serial numbers, so I'm not going to read them out. Uh, if yeah. you're curious about it, um, PCGamer.com is where I've gotten the original story, or you could just uh, do some quick internet searching, and I'm sure you'll find it. As always, keep all your security files up to date. Uh, I use a VPN, so I try to hide my traffic as best as possible. So mm-hmm. we'll just have to see where it is. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did actually, they didn't do anything, but somebody managed to change my email uh, thing. Or they, they didn't change the password. They um, uh, I got an email which was like, hey, we, you've got um, suspicious activity on your email and stuff. And then when sometimes on, because uh, I'm on uh, an iPhone, and if your password... Because uh, when it goes to do the push thing to get the emails, um, it comes up with a prompt to say like, "Hey, can you enter the password for so and so?" And I was like, "Oh, somebody's like done something. Everything's fine though." Uh, I clicked on uh, edit settings and I changed the uh, the password to something else. So uh, don't know why that happened. These things just happen from time to time. So mm-hmm. yeah, but every, everything's fine. Nothing got sort of nothing went wrong with it really. Uh, so there we go. Um, so th- was this for a specific game or something? What was it specifically for? It's for graphics card drivers. Okay, graphics card drivers. Right. Um, so what do you make of what's going on here? I I've never understand people that want to be malicious like that. Um, that just blows my mind that somebody would want to do that. Like Some people enjoy watching the world burn, I guess, because you know, there's not enough bad shit going on in the world right now. We need to fuck up with graphics drivers and crash computer systems and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the events of the last two, three years or so. so yeah. Yeah. In, in lots of different ways. Um, but yeah, let's hope the situation is sorted out and everybody involved is okay. That's what we can basically wish for. So yeah, there we go. Um, but people will do those sorts of things. And I think I mentioned, cause this is a follow up, isn't it? I think when you mentioned the first time, I talked about like CD Projekt Red and when they had some code stolen or something, so which I think they're fine now. But mm-hmm. there you go. Um, which oddly they also targeted the Witcher's code or something, even though that's got nothing to do with Cyberpunk. I guess it was CD Projekt Red code, wasn't it? So they went for that as well. So there you go. Uh, all right, was what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, we have an update. Uh, Guy Beam, aka Doctor Disrespect has officially resolved his lawsuit with Twitch. He simply posted on his Twitter uh, the other day, uh, just has his logo with the glasses and the mustache. It says, I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch. No party admits any wrongdoing, and he signed it. Uh, As you know, he was permanently banned off of Twitch for unknown reasons back in June of 2020. A year later, he launched legal action over the ban, saying his loss of his Twitch channel impacted him financially, but also did serious reputational damage. Uh, No explanation of anything has been given or shown. He's just announcing that this is over. Uh, The obvious question is, well, what caused the um, ban in the first place? That's not been uh, released. Um, The second most obvious question is, uh, he going to be returning to to, uh, Twitch? That also remains unanswered for now, but I highly doubt mm. that he will because where, he has, where has he been a, streaming. Yeah, he he streams on YouTube. Okay. Um, he's got just under four million subscribers. 
Um, he also has his uh, game studio called Midnight Society that he's part of. Um, so I don't see him going back to Twitch anytime soon. Yep, yep. Um, just reminded me actually, there was a clip that I saw of him once. I was watching like Call of Duty Rage videos because it was funny, and there was a clip of him in there. This was about a year ago or so, and this was when Warzone was obviously still popular and whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm not a fan of, but other people play it, whatever. And he was trying to shoot this person that was like behind a rock or something, and he got like a bunch of hit markers because th- there's this weird thing in Warzone where you have to put like you have to equip like a bulletproof vest or some sort of stupid thing. I, I don't like the mechanic at all because um, you have to sort of shoot the vest off. And then shoot the person. It's really bizarre. But anyway, he was shooting the person. And um, I think he was shooting their vest. He didn't have one on or something like that. And the person killed him. So obviously he was uh, out of the game. And he started raging. And he was like, you've been sitting in that that, that tree. I think he said tree or something. For like 10 minutes straight. <laughs> and you haven't moved once. And he started raging about it. That was uh, that was quite funny. So Yeah, yeah it was cool. Um, alright, what else do you want to talk about? Oh, well, I'm glad that, uh, this has been resolved. It was a bit of a, bit of a weird one, wasn't it? And it was surprising because you said June 2020, so almost two years ago. It's amazing how time flies. Um, because that felt like it was a few months ago, not two years ago, definitely. Um, so glad that's been resolved. We might never know what it was that he got banned for. Obviously he knows, but he probably can't share that. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's tons of non-disclosure this and non-reveal yeah, that and just sort of legal mumbo-jumbo that you're never mm-hmm. going to know. Yeah. Outside of you randomly running into him at a bar and he's completely drunk and let something slip, nobody's yeah. going to know. And even yeah. then, you're not going to be able to prove it. Yeah, yeah. So, yep. Uh, I mean, he's not a, a content creator I specifically follow, but I know a lot of people like him, so glad that that's working mm-hmm. out. So, there we go. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Uh, the last one that I have to talk about, I always try to end on an upshot if possible. That's do you good. remember Akumi Nakamura? Yes. Is she the uh, director on Ghostwire? Is she left? Yeah, she was the uh, creative artistic director for Ghostwire Tokyo. Most people remember her because in 2019 she led the reveal at the bethesda e3 announcement uh she came out all bubbly and bouncy and became a very quick meme very fast and then unexpectedly she left that position uh, she has opened her new studio it's called unseen it's in tokyo uh she did an interview with uh, ign about it um she talks about how she had to leave her job for health reasons uh, had a kid and decided that she really wanted to uh, do something substantial. So the Tokyo studio will act as a terminal, a place where different cultures intersect, a hub for artists to gather. We want to transcend various mediums beyond the realm of video games. Nakamura explained that she wants the, the, her development team to be an international staff. She thinks the mix of cultures will be good since it'll be a breeding ground for new ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, she did not share any details about Unseen's first title, but she did say that she has a game in development. She teased that they're putting a lot of effort into the setting and character. Uh, Nakamura hinted that their game will be based on her interests, on pop culture. It'll be a mix of horror, supernatural sci-fi, and more. Could be a mix of all of them. Cool. And Nakamura states, 
that Unseen will not just be a game studio. Studio. She hints that the studio might also be working on other mediums as well. She hints that they might be working on anime, education, apparel, and more. Uh, for the studio itself, she wanted it to not feel like a normal office. She says she wants it to a place where developers could just come and go as they please, just like Nomads. It's a new style of office. Hmm. So like I remember when she came out um, for the 2019 reveal of Ghostwire Tokyo at the E3. It, like I said, she became very popular very quickly overnight because of her bouncy personality. Hmm. Yeah, she seems like a great person. Um, you know, from what we've heard of her and what we've seen of her, obviously she left Bethesda for kind of unknown reasons, but obviously she's pursuing this uh, particular game now. Um, sounds like she's in a good place, which is good. Sounds like she's excited about the project that she's got in development, or the projects, uh, as it sounds like she's trying to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to seeing what she's got to show. Um, obviously, she's very good at presenting what she's got to show, which is good. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll see how how all of it goes. Um, obviously, she's got, as we said, you know, great personality when she came on the stage and everything, which is which is great. Um, it's interesting that I, I wonder what state. Obviously, maybe not like that far forward, but what state Ghostwire Tokyo was in when she left? Because it's interesting. It's just interesting that after she's left, every time I've seen that game since, it's looked quite bad uh, to me. Anyway, I mean, when we first saw it, I was like, oh, this is a new interesting ish kind of thing we didn't know loads about it but then she soon left after that but that that may or may not be kind of telling we'll have to see how that fully works out you know when the game launches how it's received and and that sort of thing um but yeah i look forward to seeing uh what she's what she's got to offer so uh what do you think of this yeah i'm looking forward to it as well like i said i very vividly remember her coming out on that bethesda stage she like I said, she got very popular very quick, and hopefully um, she's in a better place with her health, and hopefully mm-hmm. um, we can get something really cool out of this. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so, definitely. Um, all right, you said that's all the stuff you've got. Yep. Uh, I did look up while you were in the middle of talking at one point, and I, I just had to know. I typed in, can you create parties in Battlefield 2042? And it says, uh, to create a party, go to go back to the social tab and tap go to friends. You can click on PC for PC users or EA friends to find people that you can invite. The next step is to click on your friends, invite them, etc. So you can make parties in Battlefield 2042. The other thing I just want to look up, um, does Battlefield um, 2042 have cross play just because we bought these things up um earlier mm. at its simplest crossplay means that you can uh that you can play with your friends regardless of what system they're playing on crossplay is available in battlefield's 2042 pc um sorry crossplay is available in battlefield 2042 on pc uh playstation 4 with some grouping and gameplay restrictions see below uh can you crossplay in battlefield uh, it says here on something else. Yes, Battlefield 2042 is cross-platform. That means Xbox, PlayStation 5, and PC players um, can join the same lobby, uh, be it all-out Warzone and all these different types of uh, game modes. Uh, by default, crossplay is enabled, but it can be disabled in the settings tab. Uh, and again, keeping that in mind, you cannot currently do voice chat in this game, but you can invite your friends on other platforms who you may or may not be able to talk to 
Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to look those two things up and just see what the the situation was. So there you go. Um, anyway, enough of battlefield nonsense. Let's move on. Talk about some emails and some feedback. Uh, you can send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, whatever you've got, either about anything that you want to talk about or anything that we've talked about on this show. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. If you're listening on the website version of the episode, uh, you can find a big email box, which a lot of you use, and a clickable email name as well. Harrison Returns writes in and says, I remember hearing Matt uh, talk about the COD news. Did you also hear about the later added campaign missions? How do you think this could work, and are you interested? Uh, So what Harrison's talking about here is there might be a feature in uh modern warfare 2 the upcoming version for this year so 2022's modern warfare 2 where you'll have your standard campaign which will be a continuation there's a tease at the end of modern warfare 19 that says the story will be continued because it wraps up what it's doing but then it leaves a bit of like a cliffhanger sort of thing obviously for a sequel uh so obviously it will have that sequel missions in this game but it looks like there might potentially be some ideas to add campaign missions later and if they do that and the missions are as good as what I expect them to be bring it on um, I trust Infinity Ward to do a good job uh, not so much Activision but um, I do trust Infinity Ward to do a good job because they've not let me down so far they've delivered some of the best first-person shooter games I've ever played um, I don't know how that would work in terms of the story. Would it be treated as like DLC additional missions? And if that's the case, like where does the main story end and what do the other missions have to do? Are they like side story stuff? We don't know anything about that yet, but um, that sounds good to me. As long as the missions are good, the characters are interesting, um, which you wouldn't really expect the characters to be interesting in a COD game, but they are. You know, Pharaoh's a really cool character. And so is obviously Captain Price. Um, But no, I would be interested in that. It just depends what they are and how they fit into everything that's uh, that's already there. So uh, any thoughts on this, Robert? Uh, No, not really. Um, Just it's one of those things that it's not really in my wheelhouse. So I don't really Mm -hmm. feel like I need to comment on it. So. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Then Jack writes in and says, All this information about the game's news in Russia is quite mad, especially with services stopping. And then he says, what do you make of it and when will it stop? Um, Well, the service thing in terms of companies reaching out like PlayStation saying, hey, we're going to stop services in Russia and that sort of thing will obviously be resolved when whatever conflict is happening is is resolved. We have no idea when that's going to be. Obviously, it's quite bad at the moment. Uh, What do we make of all of it? I mean, it's quite horrible. Um... And, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with it really particularly. But as I kind of mentioned with the FIFA stuff, it makes more sense for the monetary side to be affected, the economy side in Russia to be affected, as opposed to, hey, you can buy FIFA 22, but you can't play as a Russian team. Um, Or buy the... I don't know how that would work with the Ultimate Team stuff, but I presume that you can't buy any Russian players for Ultimate Team because they would be removed from the game. I, I don't know how that would really work, but and I don't play Ultimate Team. so. But yeah, it, it makes more sense of like, okay, from the economy side to stop certain services as opposed to we're going to take away a thing in a game that you can buy anyway, which just 
doesn't quite make sense. So uh, what do you? Yeah, do you it also to... unfairly punishes the people living there um, for it. They obviously right, that pay for the game. Yeah. So, um, but what do you make of that stuff, Robert? With the uh, services it's harsh. It's it's unfortunate that this is what has to happen to try to change course on a terrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it does unfairly punish the people living in Russia, which sucks. Um, hopefully, this will get taken care of sooner rather than later, but let's be honest. Aliens could show up in the next five minutes the way the world's been going the last couple of years. They very well could. Yeah, very well could. Um, yep, yeah, so... <clears throat> we'll we'll see how things go with all that and we'll keep track of it and that sort of thing so see how it goes uh, anyway in the meantime uh, that's it for the, the episode thank you all very much for listening to another podcast thanks Robert again for, for being here for all this mm-hmm. discussion and we'll be back of course next week um, just to let you all know I am aware that episode 300 is creeping up I think this is 293 I'll have to double check the show notes um, I haven't had anything specific planned for episode 300 that will go past Entertainment Talk's 6th anniversary slash birthday, however you want to describe that. Uh, obviously, last year with Entertainment Talk's 5th anniversary, I wanted to do quite a lot because 5 years is a big milestone. You know, half a decade. I don't think the celebrations will be as big or as much as we did last year. Because I made quite a few podcasts mm-hmm. <laughs> for that particular day, obviously in celebration of everything. Um... We'll just have to see how things go over the next couple of weeks. I'm trying to line up a couple of little things, but, you know, people have got certain schedules. It's not always easy to line things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how all of that goes, because I'm trying to get in contact with a couple of people about some stuff. Not necessarily even related to any of that, just for some content that might be coming up. So um, any ideas you've got yourself that you want to do? Uh, it would be fun if we could do, like, a fan day with Bex and a couple other people play like Among Us or something like that on a stream. Um, but obviously that would be kind of tough to schedule with everybody's workload right now, especially with Bex starting to do a public appearances. And of course there's the constantly uh, cats breaking into her house all the time. So yeah. Yeah. We could maybe try and do like an episode with me, you, David or gray or mm-hmm. uh, Bex or somebody. So a, a combination of those, of those people will try to, do something with that um but then it's the case of like okay instead of just well apart from just getting people to talk it's what we're going to talk about so yeah we've got to figure that out as well so um that is still about six or seven weeks away so we'll think of what to do um but yeah we'll see how things go so we we've, we've got it in mind we've just not got figured out exactly what's going on so we'll see um i think for entertainment talk sixth anniversary i think i'm gonna be on half term i can't remember which week that falls on exactly but that's all happening kind of soon so just keep your eyes out for whatever we're doing um if you want to keep your eyes out by the way for what we're doing you can find all the rest of our content on entertainmenttalk.org uh, for tv video games films and mentioning our podcast to so take a look out for all of that uh, if you want to support the podcast and entertainment talk it would be great if you could do that of course you've already kind of supported entertainment talk by listening to this episode so thank you for doing that but you can also uh, tell other people about what we're doing, those that may or may not be interested in the episodes. Tell them about what we do and tell them where they can find it. Uh, you can also tell. Uh, you can also use social media platforms as well, of course. Tell people through those things about what we're doing, where they can find it. You can listen to more episodes yourself 
either on the podcast platforms, the website, that sort of thing. Uh, you can also support us through Patreon if you'd like to do that, the $1, $3 level tiers. For ad-free podcast review options, you can take a look at that as well. Uh, speaking of David, who I mentioned a minute ago, uh, you can find his TV and film news, well not his TV and film news, TV and film news posted by him uh, over on his website called geektown.co.uk. You can also find Geektown Radio, that's for your TV weekly podcast thing that he does. Uh, you can find those episodes on Tuesdays, so look out for those. Bex, who you also mentioned a minute ago as well, who's of course very busy. You can find out what she's doing over on Twitch, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. She's doing some Tomb Raider stuff, that kind of thing as well, so check that out and that kind of stuff. Uh, you can find me on Twitch as well if you'd like to eTalk UK for my different gaming streams. Just give me a follow, you'll be notified when I go live. So for that, uh, YouTube is almost up to date. I think there's the one COD stream from yesterday um that's not on there at the moment but it's mostly up to date with the youtube with the twitch stream archives and the cod clips and stuff uh, that's on youtube entertainment talk plays thanks very much for listening and we will catch you next time goodbye goodbye <laughs>